It's time to go into business for yourself. Get ready for another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. Education, insight, and inspiration. Here's your host, small business and franchise expert, Tom Scarda. Welcome to another episode of the Franchise Academy. My name is Tom Scarda, and I am a franchise consultant, advisor, and strategic coach, helping people figure out which brands are best for them around the country, nationwide. Been doing it for 17 years. If you get a chance, check out thefranchiseacademy.com, where you can find my book, Franchise Savvy, which is a number one bestseller on Amazon business books. In addition, my first book is The Magic of Choosing Uncertainty. Uh, check that one out as well. And also my new online class, uh, A to Z, How to Buy a Franchise. So everything is there that you need, in addition to the Franchise Academy's YouTube channel with about 50 or 60 or maybe more videos at this point. I'm really excited. Thanks for listening in again. We are way over 300 episodes and just having a great time helping people understand the pros and cons of the franchise industry. Today is really cool because I have a marketing genius and guru with me, and her name is Angela Pauls. So Angela is the chief marketing officer for Buzz Brands out of Virginia, and they are the parent company for a handful of service brands, namely Pool Scouts, Home Clean Heroes, and also British Swim Schools. In addition, Buzz Brands is the founding company of the uh, Mosquito Joe franchise outfit, which is actually now part of another organization. They spun it off because they had such great success. So I want to invite Angela in to uh, talk with us about marketing and franchising. Hey, Angela, how are you? I'm great, Tom. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for joining us today. This Absolutely. Is- Thanks for having me. Just a treat, absolutely a treat to have you. So quick snapshot, your background. What, what, is, uh, what is it that you do? What is a chief marketing officer? <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say in a nutshell, my background is a lot like others in, in franchising where I sort of stumbled my way into the industry and then just haven't left since. Um, I started my career in advertising in the the agency world doing media strategy and planning and working on some great clients like Walmart and BMW and um, was really a great, you know, training ground when it comes to, to all things marketing. Um, and from there, I went and worked at my alma mater, which is the University of Texas in Austin, um, also a very strong and, and well-known brand. Um, and I did marketing there for their graduate business programs. Um, And then also during that time, I founded a coffee shop business. And so really kind of got the beginning of my entrepreneurial venture and kind of got the experience that I find very relatable to what our franchisees are going through as they're, you know, taking the steps to um, commit to starting their own business. Um, And really, it was my husband's military career moved us up to Virginia, and that was where I got to know our CEO, Kevin Wilson, and Buzz Franchise Brands, which at the time was just Mosquito Joe. It was just the very beginnings of the company coming together. There were five of us then, and there's almost 50 of us now. And um, so I was really fortunate to be able to get in on on sort of the ground floor and um, was tasked with developing all the 
marketing programs and rebranding Mosquito Joe to turn it from a local business into a national franchise. And from there, my role has really just grown from marketing for one brand, Mosquito Joe, to um, us becoming a, a multi-brand franchising company and now um, a CMO for BFBI work across our full brand portfolio, supporting our, our marketing department, um, which has grown tremendously, and our brand teams to make sure our franchisees have all the right resources they need to be able to um, effectively recruit customers and, and build a great local brand for their businesses as well. That's awesome. And it's quite a role. I mean, if you don't have, you know, if you're not marketing, you don't have customers. If you don't have customers, you don't have a business. So it's it's really pivotal and paramount. Um, and, and you're marketing, you know, like 24-7 all the time. <laughs> and you have to be. But as an aside, I just got to share some a quick story. Um, we were talking offline before we started recording this audio and we found out, uh, Angela and I, that we were together the day the world shut down uh, <laughs> during COVID. <laughs> so we were at a national franchise conference in Park City, Utah. Uh, they call it the Unconference for those of you in the industry. And you know what that is, um, along with uh, Lane Fisher and, and the great law firm down there and Brad Fishman uh, as well. And um and they shut the world down while we were trying to have a conference and, and ski and snowmobile. And um, we didn't know uh, until five minutes ago that we were both in the, the same conference until just now. Uh, <laughs> I just thought that was pretty funny. The small world of franchising is what that is. That's right. Yeah. Very good stuff. Um, and there's so much to be learned at those conferences. So if you are in franchising or thinking about getting into franchising, I highly recommend getting involved with the International Franchise Association, getting um, go for your certified franchise executive designation if you have the, the time to do it because it's pretty intensive. Um, and there's so, so many committees and things you can be involved with. There's so many great things. Not to kind of hog up the time here, but... Um, there's a lot going on in franchising way more than just a franchise company. It's much bigger world than that. But um, I want to get back to you, Angela. So in your opinion, as you think about, you know, franchise owners, the, the unit owners that are out there, you know, on the street, making it happen, what, what you know, how do you help them with marketing? Because most people, they've never been in marketing. They come from a different walk of life and they buy a franchise and they're like, Oh my God, how do I get customers? That's one of the biggest things I hear as a consultant. How do you help them? You know, I, I think it really starts before, you know, just as they're coming into the franchise systems, there's a lot of education that needs to happen around marketing in this industry. And I think, you know, a lot of people come into franchising because they don't want to do things alone and they would like the guidance and they're not experts in every single area. And so not a not a ton of franchisees come in with a lot of marketing experience. Some of them do, but a lot of them don't. And so I think one of the things that's really important is starting an education with them from the start around the the importance of value of, of marketing, the value of marketing, and really the fact that it's an investment. It's not something you just do to get your first group of customers and then you're done and everything, you know, goes swimmingly from there on. It's, it's an investment and you've got to put time and money into it. And then it builds over time. 
Um, so we try to kind of start that education from the start and explain that there's no silver bullet. We're going to be doing a lot of different things with our marketing approach, building a, a multi-touch strategy where we're, you know, surrounding people with the brand messaging and um, and education around the services that we provide. And then, you know, working with them to build out a specific marketing plan for their market. And so that includes, you know, digital marketing, um, often direct mail marketing. It includes local marketing and PR and um, a variety of different elements. And, and I think it's really important for them to understand the role that they play in that from a local marketing perspective as well. One of the things that I feel like we're constantly preaching is the the fact that people want to do business with people. And so it, it can't just be, let me just put a bunch of generic ads out there or let me depend on corporate campaigns that are just going to be brand awareness campaigns running in my market. You know, you really have to put a like a local flavor to things because that's what people are going to relate to and and get out there. And, you know, I used to say, be the mayor of your community and be out there shaking hands and kissing babies. But I don't think in the post COVID world, you can do any of, of the, the kissing of the babies or anything anymore. It's probably more like fist pump and the, <laughs> uh, that sort of thing, but, but you still want to be out there. And especially as we start to see life getting a little bit more normal and people are even more excited to be outside at events or um, talking and interacting with people again. Yeah. No question about it. Um, you know, and it's, I don't know if it was planned this way or not, but when you think about buzz brands and things like pool scouts and even British swim schools, these things were all necessary businesses during COVID. So as you're thinking about, you know, what kind of business to choose, think about, um, pandemic, uh, resilient businesses and your brands fit into that, including home, um, the, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> That's home clean heroes. Uh, home clean heroes, yes. So home clean heroes, um, also, you know, cleaning and and they have COVID protocols and and mm-hmm. all of that. So, um, but as you think across your your family of brands, do you have to do individual marketing because of the type of brand it is, or does much of this marketing just kind of fit, uh, no matter what the brand is? I would say there's some standard tactics that will be applicable across brands. I mean, you'll want to customize them based on who your specific customer audience is, but I think the tactics are pretty similar, but it's making sure that the messaging is in line with who you're speaking to. You know, you don't want to have just something generic. Like we would never have something generic we're using across all brands because that wouldn't be true to the people that we're speaking to. We've got, you know, slightly different audiences across the different brands. If we're talking to British Swim School, we're probably talking to a parent of a young child who's thinking about handing their child over to our care to learn water safety and and swim skills. And if we're talking to Home Clean Heroes consumer, we're probably talking to uh, someone who's really busy and overwhelmed and just really wants a clean house and doesn't have the time to do it themselves. And so we're, we're working on freeing up their schedule. And um, so there's, there's certainly similarities, but I think it's very important to put the customer first when you're thinking about marketing and make sure that you're speaking directly to that person. 
So, yeah, so it's who is your customer and then sort of mold your marketing around the person you're talking to. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and what are they doing every day? How are they spending their time? And how can we be uh, appropriately communicating to them throughout the day with our message? Right, right. Interesting. And there's any examples of that, like, like you said, you're talking to like a mom or or it might be a busy mom for home clean heroes that's working a job and needs somebody to clean the house. Um, how do you yeah. craft a message? How do you how do you think that through? So I would say, you know, with an example like British Swim School, where we're trying to get in front of parents of small children to to really teach them how important water safety is and this life-saving skill that they should be teaching their kids. So, you know, certainly we're serving digital ads in different places where we know and on social media and things like that. But we're also going and giving water safety presentations to schools or daycares and helping educate there. Or maybe we're participating in some local community events or doing some open houses at the pool where they can come experience a a class and understand what it's like. Um, So it's, it's a variety of, you know, being in different places at at different times, but, but that's like organic and makes sense versus being just a forced message in an awkward place. Right. Exactly. If I'm, um, you know, a guy who's very interested in automobiles it would be a waste of your money uh, and your time to be advertising, you know, a pool cleaning company, you know, maybe, maybe not, I guess it depends, but, but you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know who your, who your avatar is. Yeah. It'd be much more appropriate with a home cleaning company to be partnering with real estate agents who are dealing with new homeowners who are out there looking for new part, you know, service partners and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. So what what's your personal feeling on like you were just talking about you used to always talk about being a ma- being a mayor and you know shaking hands and kissing babies and now you really can't do you think that video can replace that you know I str- I want to say yes but I, I I honestly just can't I think we're all getting a little bit tired of video all the time um, you know I think we. I think video is certainly a very valuable tactic and we do a lot of marketing communication through video when it comes to um, providing a visual of, of the services that we provide and that sort of thing. It's, it's very important. Um, but I don't think that it can replace things like events or community networking in, in that sense. I think there's, there's, there was a purpose for video pre-COVID and there's a purpose for video now and that purpose hasn't changed too much. I think the in-person connection is just extremely valuable. It creates more a more loyal customer. It creates a stronger you know, bond and, and personal relationship that, that makes you just tie yourself more proudly to a brand. If you think about you know, the brands that we all get passionate about and support, those are the ones that we end up wanting to tell our friends about. And so how can we, how can we provide our service and communicate with our customers in a way that makes them want to talk about us to their friends or, or to see someone find, find out someone else in their neighborhood is also a customer and be really excited about talking about that and swap stories about experiences and that sort of thing. 
Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, well said. Um, there's a time and a place for video, and uh, and it's not 24-7, so <laughs> <laughs> that's a good thing. Um, and so when you think about uh, the, the brands, and, and do they interact with each other? Um, like if there's two brands in the same town, is there cross-marketing um, opportunities, do you think? There definitely are opportunities there. And whenever we have franchises operating in the same market, we make sure that those franchisees are in touch and they're able to, um, you know, cross-market as desired. And um, we don't, I think one thing we try to be careful of is assuming that everybody who is the customer of one of our brands is naturally going to become the customer of another one to to our customers, the relationship is really at the brand level more so than the parent company level. And so we're, you know, we're realistic about that. We're certainly going to look at the opportunities to partner together and cross market the same way that we would encourage franchisees to partner with and cross market with other local businesses in their area. Uh, but, but we want it to be natural and not forced. Yeah. So in regard to the pandemic, is there one or two things you could mention um, how you helped franchisees kind of pivot uh, during the crazy time uh, a year or so ago? Yeah, uh, I think communication was the biggest thing. We had really strong communication with our franchisees, whether it was about operational changes that we were making tied to you know, different new sanitation policies or PPE or all that sort of um, new new processes that needed to go into place to keep our customers safe um, to marketing. And, and all of our brands were in very different places. So Cool Scouts, for example, that's an outside business and we don't generally interact with our customers while we're there servicing. So that business really wasn't affected, we certainly upped our protocol on sanitation and um, had a lot of messaging going out to our customers during that time. But that that business thrived. People were spending more time at home, using their pools more than ever. If they didn't already have a pool, they were trying to get a pool and still are. <laughs> so that brand was in, in one circumstance. And then we had, you know, British Swim School, which operates largely out of um, fitness centers, hotels, and in other outside pool facilities. That a lot of were getting closed down during that time. And so, in that case, we were managing um, customer communications. How can we help them, you know, stay um, engaged during this time when there's a lot of uncertainty about when we'll be back open and, and we still want to make sure that everybody's recognizing the importance of water safety skills during this time. So how can we give them some activities to practice or some other ways to stay engaged with us so that as soon as we're able to reopen, they're able to come back and, and rejoin us. Yeah. And, and then even when we were back open, adjusting to the different protocols across different states. Everything is, you know, everybody was doing something a little bit different. So uh, making sure that we're staying on top of all that and, and keeping everybody safe is really important. And over communicating through our marketing, through our websites, through our email messaging, everything. Yeah, very true. Um, and you guys have done a great job with it um, because you get rave reviews now from your 
franchise owners and, and all the brands. So that's great. Um, what's your favorite brand? That's like me asking you, uh, Michael, what's your favorite kid, right? It's yeah, I know. I don't think, I certainly can't answer that on a recorded <laughs> podcast. <laughs> okay, we'll skip it. We'll skip it. I was just kind of pulling your leg on that. Yeah, um, that's definitely like the kid question. Right, it is. <laughs> when you think about something like, um, I don't know, the, the British swim schools, like people often ask me, like, what's a great franchise? And they're thinking about, you know, food. <laughs> and mm-hmm. that's, it's not the best for most people. When you think about something that's recession resistant, that that's children's swim lessons. That's mm-hmm. not going anywhere. It's one of the most important things you could do for a child is, is get that child to learn how, how to swim and, and be safe around water and not be afraid of water. And, and yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's, you know, there's like a negative kind of uh, probably marketing thing you could do with that. Um, just the amount of kids that are injured or, or worse by, you know, water. So, um, but I just like to make the point that, you know, th- these are brands, like all the brands we're talking about here are very inexpensive. Mm-hmm. Could You know, and the money you could make is just really dictated by how much the franchisee wants to market it and, mm-hmm. and get customers. And, and it's really um, stuff that flies under the radar that is needed, not wanted um, in, yeah. in the, the consumer, right? So Yeah, I think you're right. People do tend to, when they think of franchising, and, and I was the same way before I learned more about franchising, but you go straight to the food or even the retail brands and there's a wonderful thing about the service industry that you can typically get started a lot faster and your investments lower up front. And so you're able to still provide these incredible services. And, and it's such a people business, just as much as restaurants are people businesses. Um, but with the, the nice thing with our um, all of our brands, as well as that they're recurring services and which is great from a revenue standpoint with re- recurring revenue coming in, but also the relationships that we build with customers, they're not coming to us once they're coming to us over and over. And so you really do get some depth in those relationships. That's cool. I and mean, I didn't think about that part of it. You are right about that. So if, if I'm a franchise owner and I'm having great success with, you know, teaching kids how to swim, and then I go to the same customer base and leverage that same base because now I'm also cleaning homes or, you know, uh, maintaining pools. I have, I have like a network of people who already know me and hopefully like me. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's a, that's a cool way to go. I love that. Yeah. And if I've built a great relationship with you and I trust you to come inside my home and clean it, then I'm sure I probably also trust you with my pool and, and then if I've got a pool, I really need to have my kids safe around it. So I better get those lessons in too. Right, right. Absolutely. Um, as you kind of take a step back for a second in the in your marketing role, I'm just curious to know, so you're marketing for the brands, you're, you're helping all the strategy and everything. Are you also um, helping with marketing for uh, franchise development? So, you know, selling the franchises, attracting new franchise owners, you get involved with that as well? Yeah, sure do. 
That's great. And so the, the strategies for that are, are ubiquitous. Um, is there any ways that you like to, that you feel are working better than others in, in regard to marketing for franchisees? Yeah, I think, you know, I think the content marketing piece of things is really important there because it is so much more an education and people that we see coming into um, a pipeline being interested in these brands are, are at all different stages. Some of them know about franchising and are already pretty aware of that. Maybe they've owned a different franchise and they just need to better understand our brands where some of them don't know anything about franchising and they just, you know, someone recommended it to them as a good way to start a business, but they don't know how it all works. And so we've got to have, you know, great resources to be able to educate them no matter where their starting point is, and then kind of get them comfortable starting at the top and working their way down to the details of each brand. So um, just if you could, for the folks that don't know, can you kind of define content marketing, what you mean by that? Yeah. So what I'm thinking of when I talk about content marketing is all the materials that we're putting together, they could be videos that are talking people through our brands. They could be um, email campaigns that are educating in different areas or flyers that we're providing. It can be a variety of different things, but really places where we have the time and the space to really educate um, on, on who we are and what franchising is and, and what some of the great benefits are that keep us all working in this industry. Right. So it's really talking about the uh, it's really educational talking about mm -hmm. really why franchising and why this brand, but it's not as opposed to like advertising where it would be more about here's the bells and whistles. This is why we're the best swimming franchise. This is why we're the best cleaning franchise. So that's helpful. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. So what is, um, what are you excited about now? What, what's going on with your role with buzz and everything else? Well, gosh, there's there's several things. This is an ex always an exciting time of year. It tends to be the time of year we're getting a lot of new franchisees launched. So we're running a lot of marketing training. Um, as we go grow our franchisee base, we're growing our support team. So I think we've added about five new marketing team members just in the past six months or so. So that's always exciting. Um, and then I think just the growth of Buzz franchise brands as well. We've got, um, you know, in addition to the new franchisees we have coming into our um, current brands, we're now sort of opening up the option again to look for additional brands to add to our portfolio, which we had sort of put on pause for a while throughout COVID because we really wanted to focus on our current franchisees and getting them through the um, the challenging times. So. Now we're kind of at this great inflection of getting marketing programs out there, getting franchisees ready to go for the year, and um, and then thinking about future growth as well. So you just said something really, really important in case the listeners didn't hear that, but you said you basically put, you know, bringing on new brands to focus on franchise owners and help them mm -hmm. through the pandemic. So that is... That is huge. So my last question for you, um, and I know you have to go. <laughs> so you're running all this, these brands. Um, as someone's out there and they're thinking about a franchise, 
Um, what questions should they ask their franchise development person in regard to marketing to be sure that it has a good marketing system? Yeah, I think one of the important things is understanding the marketing programs that are in place and how the corporate team of that franchise brand is involved in supporting those initiatives. So it's, you know, one of the things when we first founded Mosquito Joe and we went out to figure out why do we think some franchisors are successful and why do some grow more slowly or struggle and, and ultimately not make it. And a lot of it came back to marketing. And what we found was the, the franchisors that just say, come in, do some marketing, but don't provide any education or any guidance in that, the marketing doesn't get done because the franchisees don't know what to do. And it's scary to spend money when you don't feel confident in the decisions that you're making. So the people don't invest the money in marketing and then they don't generate the customers to have a sustainable business. So I think, you know, what we try to do is as franchisees are coming in and even throughout the process, even how our our franchise documents are laid out and the, the information we go through in the discovery process as you're looking at any of our brands. Um, we make it very clear that here's our approach, here's the strategies that we're going to take and work with you on. When you come through training, we're going to be laying out a marketing plan for you. It's going to involve, you know, components of digital and components of local marketing and all those different areas that'll work together. And then we're going to help you get those things up and running. And in a lot of cases, our team is directly the ones running those campaigns so that we can easily be making adjustments on the fly. The franchisee can come directly to us with anything that they need. But I think that support, that marketing support is really important because if it just, if you don't have it, the marketing is not going to get done and the business is going to have a really hard time being successful. You're helping them put together a marketing plan with the knowledge that you have and the experience from you know past marketing that you've done for these brands uh, and a marketing budget. So mm -hmm. we all, you know, even before you get into the franchise, you know what the budget is going to be. We're going to need you to spend this amount of money every month, but you know, and that's mm -hmm. it's not arbitrary. You know that this is what is it'll generate this many calls and and all of that. So it's really great. And and I think um, the last thing I just want to say. And I'll just add this because your husband is in aviation. So my um, my analogy in marketing is this: I realized this years ago, running my own businesses as well. When things slow down, um, it seems like you want to like pull back and stop spending money. Um, mm -hmm. And so, as a pilot, I, I took flight lessons. I'm not a I'm not an aviator, but um, I have a private pilot's license. And for you know, all the training, 90% of it is geared towards what happens when the engine fails. Mm -hmm. So you're in a single prop plane. And so your instinct, like the plane starts going down, your instinct is to pull back on the yoke, get the nose up, right? But that does quite the opposite to the plane and actually could have you go into a tailspin. If you're doing that, the procedure is to put the nose down and full speed so as the plane goes down, it picks air under the wings, and then you take off again. It's counterintuitive, especially as a new pilot and as a new business owner. And that's kind of what I'm getting at is if the business is stalling most of the time, half the time, I don't know what the number is, but the worst thing to do is pull back and stop marketing. It's the, at that point, you need to double down, 
full speed ahead and that's going to put the wind on under the wings of the business so you can take off again so um you may share that with your husband <laughs> so yeah that's a great <laughs> analogy i'll definitely use that yeah it's it's very interesting if you understand um the you know the um physics of flying mm -hmm. so um angela it was just great having you on the show just a great perspective for us so thank you so much for your time yeah great thanks for having me yeah this is awesome we'll see you at another unconference or <laughs> ifa meeting somewhere soon hopefully face to face absolutely all right thanks angela have a great day you too this has been another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. For more info, go to our website, thefranchiseacademypodcast.com. Remember to subscribe to Tom Scarta's YouTube channel for educational videos on franchising, education, insight, and inspiration.